everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast, where we're seeking to engage you with the gospel of Jesus in order to grow in your own faith so that you can become better equipped to live it out and share it with others. I'm Erin Hesse, and I'm the Connections Coordinator here at High Point Church, and I'm here with Pastor Nick Gibson today. Hey. Um, And over this past summer, 2016, the elders and the staff have taken time to come up with a number of main focuses or um, thematic goals, we've been calling them, um, to have these upcoming months and year. And um, in the past, we've again, we've called them thematic goals, where we have them as just overarching themes to really stretch out over all of our different ministries and activities and events to make sure that we are infiltrating these ideas into all the things that we do. So um, before we go into what we um, had focused on this last year to maybe make some connections for those of you who were wondering, oh, I didn't know we had thematic goals last year. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that all that? Um, Nick, could you explain why a church would need to have thematic goals? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about have we have a mission and we have um, core values. How are how is a goal different from those things, and how do they play together? Right. I mean, the the main difference between between thematic goals and everything else is generally speaking, everything else is operations, right? So okay. there's there's what you call you might call the daily grind, what some newer people have called like the her the her hurricane of the urgent or whatever okay you got all this stuff that's like sort of happening <laughs> mm-hmm. every day you got to get this out you got to finish that report sure. you got to meet that person you got to whatever and those are your operations but if you if you just do your operations you never really get anywhere as a organization mm-hmm. and you're not adapting and you're not meeting future needs or any of that kind mm-hmm. of thing so thematic goals are what you're working on developmentally while you're operating everything else okay and so it's designed to like help you figure out what are we trying to become as an organization where are we going mm-hmm. what do our folks need how is the world around us changing? Mm-hmm. And business world would be, how's the market changing? Mm-hmm. And how do our products fit in? For us, it's how does the culture changing? And how, does, how do we change how we talk or how we do stuff mm-hmm. to help people better become disciples of Jesus? Okay. So to push on that a little bit. So mm-hmm. why, I mean, you say like in the business world, this is why they would do those things. Um, as a church, like why is it that we need to do that? If, you know, if we have the Bible and then we have this mission that is directly from scripture and we're making disciples of Jesus through gospel connection, growth and service. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we make sense of having a thematic goal when we are not a for-profit organization? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a couple, one really simple reason is that Jesus has actually given us a fairly holistic thing to go for. I, I, I mean, making disciples is a simple sentence, mm-hmm. but a disciple is a very sort of holistic kind of concept, mm-hmm. right? I've summarized it recently as seeking the mind of Christ, walking in the spirit, living mm-hmm. free in Christ through virtue, and living in um, self-sacrificial, self-forgetful love, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a simple idea, mm-hmm. right? That, that's a pretty <laughs> significant thing. So mm-hmm. part of it is we're, we're, we may be doing well at one thing and poorly at another. So we're like right now, I think we do good on mind of Christ, trying to understand the Bible mm-hmm. and the gospel, what that means. We may not be doing well on teaching people how to daily walk in the spirit, mm-hmm. for example. Sure. It's just one example. Um, also, for example, uh, some cultures at certain times are really good at inculcating virtues in people mm-hmm. and other times they're not, right? So America is moving towards a more expressivist culture, mm-hmm. right? It's all about expressing yourself and doing what you feel and responding to your desires and finding happiness in that moment and whatever, because you only live once, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really anti-virtue kind of mm-hmm. environment. And so the more our culture moves that way, the more the church has to become more and more deliberate about helping people form virtues. 60 years ago, that wasn't as big a deal. We, mm-hmm. we had to focus people on Jesus 
And then normal family life is, was going to inculcate a lot of the virtues that they needed. Sure. That's not true anymore. Yeah. And parents are utterly befuddled as to what are even the important virtues mm. because <laughs> the culture doesn't answer those questions for them. Yeah. So as the culture is a moving target, so how we contextualize to that, those the culture in terms of evangelism, inviting people to Jesus, or in built, growing disciples mm-hmm. who have to be disciples in a particular culture, mm-hmm. how do we help them to become the kind of disciples that can thrive in that culture? Okay. So in that sense, what we do moves in response to those things. Sure. So um, thinking about our core values, um, how do we fit um, thematic goals? Again, before we go specifically into what they are, but how do we fit those into the core values that we have? Mm-hmm. Well, for the most part, they come out of the core values. Okay. So um, we have two sets of core values, right? Our primary ones, which have to be on our minds all the time in every situation. They never are off our minds. This stuff like Christ-centeredness, biblical integrity, community, sacrificial service, contextualization. Mm-hmm. Always on our minds. Mm-hmm. Can't ever not be, right? Our secondary core values are the things that if we don't pay attention to these for a while, they will produce unintended consequences that will come back and bite us. Okay. So leadership development, mm-hmm. focusing on evangelism, sharing the gospel with new people, mm-hmm. right? And leading them to Christ. Um, multiculturalism, multi-ethnicity, international, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, those are things that don't happen by themselves for the most part. Mm-hmm. They take energy and intentionality, but you can't work on them all the time, all day long in every operational thing. And so generally speaking, our thematic goals, what we have to work on, is going to be related to our secondary core values okay. or a significant change in the outside culture. Okay. Got it. So we're, we look at our core values and say, okay, where are we wavering right now mm-hmm. or where do we maybe need to where are we not thriving are we solid on our primary core yep. values and that's our op- in our operations right mm-hmm. if in our operations we're solid on our core values the question is okay what of our secondary core values is getting neglected okay and where do we need to infuse energy sure. or help or growth or whatever okay so um looking at last year um what were the goal some of the goals that we chose and and why was that what was going on mm-hmm. at that time that we chose yeah those? two of the biggest ones i think there were four mm-hmm. but two of the biggest ones um, were so um, most people would, might realize that there was one on prayer. We had quarterly prayer meetings. We had a sermon series at the beginning of the year. We did more instruction with small group leaders about doing prayer in small groups. Mm-hmm. We tried to make prayer mm-hmm. a more important, partly because prayer is important, partly because it's important because we talk so much about the mind of Christ mm-hmm. that God can start to become a philosophy in our heads instead of a person. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. That's right. a really bad thing. Yeah. And so we want people to recognize that Christianity has a philosophy to it, mm-hmm. but it is ultimately about how we are related to the king mm-hmm. who is a person. Right. And so prayer is really important to put us where we go, to put God where he goes, for it to be a personal thing. Yeah. And also for us to recognize that God has set this up so that we would come to him mm-hmm. and ask him and not just recognize who he is, but actually ask him for help. Mm-hmm. And so, and thank him for what he's done. And so mm-hmm. prayer is important. So that became a thematical. We felt like it wasn't that big at High Point. Mm-hmm. People, we worked at this church and we didn't see a lot of prayer. And yeah. so we tried to infuse more to that. Second was staff development. Yeah. And that was partly because um, the majority of our staff, uh, I think something like virtually everyone, mm-hmm. was <laughs> here less than two years. Mm-hmm. So Jean was here longer than that. I was here longer than that. Um, Lloyd had not gone over to three years yet. Derek hadn't gone over three. So like mm-hmm. everybody else besides yeah. me and, and myself and Jean had been here um, less than three years. Yeah, I think there was a day last year when half the staff was gone. It was all the senior staff. 
And Jason, who had at the time been here for a year and a half, he was the most senior he staff. He was the most senior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah a little scary. So, in fact, on the staff retreat, we talked about some of this stuff more. There were people who we had everybody's staff longevity on a page so people could really see this. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of people that were down in days. And for mm-hmm. some of them, it was like their first day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so it was really important to say, okay, how do we get these people, mm-hmm. like, figuring out what they're doing, figuring out how they're doing it, finding out where they feel inadequate in their job. How do we support them? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whether it's somebody like Mike Beresford, who's been in ministry a long time, but is only been, was only in ministry here for a short time. Mm-hmm. Or somebody like you or Jill, who had been here for months at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and so on. And, and part of it is every time a new person comes into a group, dozens of relationships change. Yeah. So if we bring one new person on staff at High Point, that changes dozens of relationships. Mm-hmm. And people often don't think that. They think, oh, everybody has a new relationship with that person. Yeah. But it's not true. That person changes the dynamic in everybody else's relationships. Yep, as well. <laughs> and so there are times like where I will go to talk to somebody and they're not there. <laughs> because they're talking with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so there's all of those kinds of dynamics. Mm-hmm. So we spent a long time on that. One was structural renewal where we had to decide how are we going to structure the staff in the church because mm-hmm. there's new staff and there's new people and there's, we need to like get this clarified. A yeah. lot of it was was on the staff team yeah. and we got that sorted out. Yeah. Some of it had to do with size as well, right? Because mm-hmm. we, I, I don't know, I can't remember how much it's grown since even you've been here, but a few hundred regular attenders has been the change. And so structurally, um, things just have to be held up differently mm-hmm. a little bit so that it can hold that many people mm-hmm. in terms of ministries. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and some of it is not so much the big containers, mm-hmm. but the personalness of it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. what, what will normally happen is, you know, we can do a thousand people at, at each worship service. We could do 2,000 people and worship on Sunday morning without changing anything. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't feel the same. Right. Because <laughs> yep. people wouldn't be at, interacting yep. and loving each other the same way. And so sometimes you've got to figure out how to make it still relational while things get a little bit bigger. Yeah. To put in context for you and for people who have come recently, um, the Sunday before I came, there were about 275 people at High Point okay. on Sunday morning. That's like adults. six years, seven years ago. That's about ago. six years ago, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. My first Sunday was 325 because everybody comes for the new pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And then our, we're somewhere in the middle 600s right now on the average okay. Sunday. So, you know, the church is almost doubled in size, and that really changes a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I would just say, and so thinking about these goals that we had last year and what um, they produced, I mean, I specifically think about that prayer element and how um, we put in place prayer, regular prayer meetings on prayer and fast um, days where the whole church was focused on that. And it was amazing to see people's hearts change and grow in terms of prayer. Like you were talking about that relational aspect to understanding who Christ is and um, that it's not just... Um, just knowing the theology word for word or being able to articulate something well, but actually be in a right relationship with God um, and seeing people pray in the lobby or in the sanctuary after mm-hmm. service just randomly when yeah. um, usually people are used to saying, oh, okay, I'll pray for you after, you know, I'll pray for you later. So in my saying, let's pray right yeah, now and pray yep. for them. And, yeah. and in addition to that, we've had a number of people actually like experience healings mm. and, yeah. and not just, these sort of immediate supernatural, but like stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, I have these problems at work. And somebody says, oh, I'll pray for you right now. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, something happens at work, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and it hadn't for two years. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff is really big. Mm-hmm. And that actually happens a lot more than you'd think. You could, if you're really cynical and skeptical, you can still chalk it all up to chance. Mm-hmm. Most of it, at least. 
But if you have, a, have eyes to see and, a heart and ears to hear, it's really obvious that God is doing things. Yeah. And yeah. that will build your faith if right. you are listening and hearing. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that that is why we have these thematic goals. It's not just so that we can, you know, say, oh, we have, so that we can say that we have goals, but that mm-hmm. um, we actually, it, it is to produce um, a greater and stronger faith um, individually and as a church. And so um, I would just say personally, I definitely saw that um, happening specifically with the goals that we had mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And so the last one last year was a multi-ethnicity mm-hmm. on our staff team. Mm-hmm. And that's not one you can work on every day. Yeah. But <laughs> part of the steps there are, one, um, seeking to retain the people we have mm-hmm. um, if they're doing a great job, which they are. Uh, two is just getting to know different groups of people. One of the biggest things that keeps um, people, churches and groups homogeneous is they actually don't know anybody outside the group. Mm-hmm. And so when a job opens, where would you get yeah. somebody different from you? That You just don't know the right people, mm-hmm. right? So you have to actually start intentionally meeting people that are in those groups. Mm-hmm. So Mike's done, Mike's done that with trying to cultivate relationships with minority people all over town. Of course, Lloyd runs in some of these circles. I've done some stuff myself to try to do that. Um, also, a lot of people don't know this, but Nicole is half Aztec Mexican, mm-hmm. and so she's half Latino, half white. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Beck on staff; she's biracial as well, African American and white. She's from the you know the great urban center of Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> um, but uh, Nicole is full time staff, yeah. and um, we have Becca for a year, and we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. She's been really great so far. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to. Over time, we we want to see this expand. Also, Rios de Viva, Rios. Viva Agua, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the Latino church that meets at two. Um, they they've told us for two years they really want to become part of High Point, mm-hmm. and um, that's a process because I don't know Pastor Miguel all that well. Yeah. We have to think about theology, but mm-hmm. their theology is pretty orthodox. He seems like a good guy. We we should try to be figuring it out. Mm-hmm. There's also an opportunity multi ethnicity in the schools, right? There's a school yeah. that's run by a Latino church that wants to be part of American Christian schools. Huh. I'm yeah. going tomorrow to Milwaukee to look at charter schools that particularly reach out to African Americans in Milwaukee because there are like 2,900 open vouchers in the Madison City School Districts. And so Pastor Rayford, who's an African-American pastor, and I are going with Diane and the principal, Chuck, here, to go see some of those schools to see if the black community wants to start a Christian charter school, mainly for black students. That would, like, mim- that would mimic be here and what's they, going on there. Right, okay. but that might end up being also part of Madison Christian Schools. Wow. But the But the pastoral oversight would be... Um, leaders in the black community, not me. Right. And so it, these are, I mean, all of this um, is part of multi-ethnicity mm-hmm. and it's its part of what we're working on. So all that stuff we've been working on it and the people who come to church every day um, or every week, they just don't get to see a lot of that right. stuff. They just know that, um, you know, there's that Indian woman reading scripture again. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, look, Femi's going to read scripture <laughs> yeah, again. There's yep. a big Nigerian guy standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but all this is intentional, not so much to say, um, hey, we're going to do this kind of like, we're going to make a show of these kinds right. of things. But it, it goes towards another thing we talked about in another podcast, which is hospitality. Mm-hmm. What are the things that we do that have the emotional effect on other people to say you are included? Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are arguments and sometimes they're not related to truths so much as they are gestures. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is as much about gestures as anything else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those gestures are things like just having people who aren't white on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah. those were the four last year, and okay. we made some progress on all of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's time for time for new ones. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're, um, I guess in these last few months, yeah, we've come up with these goals. 
Um, so I'd love to hear, well, I know what they are, but I'd love for you to share um, what they are and also how we did land on these specifically. Because there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that um, could, I mean, we're Americans. We think that everything can be better and bigger and right. change. And so um, as why- As somebody else does the work. Right, mm-hmm. right. So why the ones that we picked, if, you know, after you explain right. what they are. Yeah, we got together with um, a good portion of our staff team. Mike um, Beresford is actually done, is actually a trained consultant with a, well, uh, whatever, people who do this kind of thing. There's been <laughs> a tr- bunch of training on that. And so he t- took us through that consultant process with not everybody on staff, but a good portion of the staff mm-hmm. one day at the Upper House downtown. Mm-hmm. And we went through like all the possible things that we could focus on at the church. And we had a, a long list of things, mm-hmm. 25 or 30 things. Mm-hmm. And th- then we began to narrow down what do we think are the most salient, most important in some ways most urgent, but really one of the most critical yeah. for us to be the kind of church we want to be. Yeah, I think we t- we said what is thriving, what's kind of just like mm-hmm. stagnant. It's not declining necessarily, but it's not moving. And then what's really hurting. Right. And so uh, I'll just read you the list real fast, right? Great. So mm-hmm. consistency and experience in small groups was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sunday a.m. worship service just being better mm-hmm. and more focused. Children's ministry experience being better for all children. Um, the elders interacting with the staff really well. Um, collaboration between departments, multiculturalism in the church at large. Mm-hmm. All the leaders on staff in every ministry sharing the same vision, mm-hmm. right? Um, having thematic goals and really executing them rather than just having them, mm-hmm. right? Um, member process, how people come from the front door into becoming members. Mm-hmm. Um, that we 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 feel a little siloed, like that we're not all really united in all the different ministries. Okay. And ministries are a little bit sometimes working against each other, then always with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, intergenerationalness of the church: Are we really valuing all generations by all generations? Um, the the twenties group: That are we really accessing and really empowering all these twenty somethings that are going to the church mm-hmm. the way we need to? Retention. Um, People, there's a lot of people that seem to be coming to church. I went from two to six months and then not anymore. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. What's going on with that? Is there a way we can retain those people or is this just something? Or we measure it at all. Yeah, can we even measure it, right? And then just overall planning. Now, um, some of these we decided actually we didn't need to be, have, have church-wide thematic goals because some of these are just somebody's job. Sure. Right? So part of what the elders just approved is a new staff structure which was the end of the last thematical, which has Mike mm-hmm. as the executive pastor. So this, this will be a notification for a lot of people that <laughs> Mike is in-house-wise. We, yes. Mike is our uh, executive pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And so some of these things like getting everybody on a shared vision, getting people out of silos and matrix together so that they're all working together, that's just his job mm-hmm. now. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's doing that work. It's his job. He's doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, consistent small group experience, that's really big. But that's Lloyd's job, mm-hmm. right? And Lloyd's like, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the the only hire really that we're making this year of like a new position is a halftime assistant for him. Right. Which you should never have a guy working at his salary level without somebody assisting. Mm-hmm. That's just a huge waste of money <laughs> yeah. and resources. And so having an assistant, I think, is really going to make him more effective. Yeah. And so that's just his job. So there's a number of these things that were just like, they're just somebody's job. Mm-hmm. So the things that we settled on that aren't was actually something that wasn't on this list. When we mm-hmm. got together away at Greenlight, right? Yep. Um, everybody was kind of like, doesn't it seem like the big thing is our mission mm-hmm. that people are not enough people are coming to Jesus and becoming disciples? Mm-hmm. That we're just not seeing people accept Christ. Mm-hmm. And shouldn't that, since that's our mission, be our greatest thematical if we don't think it's really happening? Mm-hmm. 
And there was a basically a hundred percent consensus on that, right? And so we we decided that that's really what we needed. We need to figure out why um, why we aren't leading people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. From my preaching down to what we all do at work mm-hmm. and how we train our kids to why is that the case? Why do we baptize a lot of people who are coming back to church or come to our church from essentially ineffective churches? Mm-hmm. Already Christians. Yeah, they're already yeah. basically mm-hmm. Christians. Or they, they went to a church that was like kind of hip. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, I like Jesus. And then they believed in Jesus, but they really didn't go anywhere from there. Mm-hmm. And then they came here and they were like, oh, my, this is serious business. <laughs> and they grew a lot, yeah. but they didn't come to Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that really not possible that people can't come to Jesus in Madison? And we don't believe that, of course. Mm-hmm. We believe people can come to Jesus. So mm-hmm. that's our biggest and first, the medical. Mm-hmm. The second, what are we calling that one? Um, leading people to Jesus. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, um, okay. New disciples. Okay. okay. And that basically is, it's very easy to measure. How many people get baptized? How many people get baptized that weren't Christians Mm -hmm. before they came here? That's it. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when people get to baptism, that's a certain place of solidity and really making the decision. And then we just ask them, were you a Christian before you came here? Mm -hmm. Um, The second is multi-ethnicity in the congregation. Mm. Um, And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is is that there there are non-white or non-majority group people who visit High Point. There's actually not a shortage of non-white people visiting High Point Church. Mm. <laughs> There's plenty of people. There's mm-hmm. new African-Americans every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday. There's um, Indians, Indian people. The largest yeah. non-white group in West Madison is, is Indians, mm-hmm. right? Um, new people every Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And now we have, a, we have a special opportunity, right? We've got Beck on staff. Mm-hmm. We've got Cole on staff. We've got Lloyd on staff. And we have Manohar, mm-hmm. who's South Indian, right. and his wife who's South Indian. So he speaks five South Indian languages. Mm-hmm. Almost all these tech people, Indian folks, are from South India. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, are from East South India. But mm-hmm. he can speak one of the languages they speak. Because yeah. most, most of them speak English, Hindi, and another tongue. Sure. Most of them, he can speak the other tongue, too. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. speaks both Hindi and... And culturally, he's going to be able to relate to them so much more right. than anyone right just from the Midwest or of Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. And so the, mm-hmm. the question is, okay, we have these people visiting. A lot of them aren't staying or landing. Um, almost everybody we give money to in our benevolence program are all minority Mm -hmm. folks. Most of them claim to believe in Jesus and don't go to a local church. Mm. Okay. So there's a, I mean, that was like 169 families last year, something like Mm. that. All minority families, every single one, most of them single moms. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost all of them say they believe in Jesus and would like to be part of a church. Almost none of them actually go to a church regularly. Mm -hmm. Right. And so these are people that we would love for them to be able to come here and really feel welcome. Right. So the question is, what do we do as a as a church to not lose our identity as a substantive gospel preaching church? Mm -hmm. But are there some like edges we can sand off Mm -hmm. that that do make it that are kind of obstacle like for other people? And are there things we need to change? Like so one of the things we talked about is um, I I already only preach about 36 Sundays a year. We've Mm -hmm. talked about me going down to 32 Mm -hmm. and Lloyd preaching 12, but them being regular on certain Sundays of the month Mm -hmm. so that um, minority families that want people to come in so that those people can come and visit and hear Lloyd Mm -hmm. and, and actually hear the minority pastor preach and hear what he has to say and feel connected to him early in their experience. Mm -hmm. Um, they can, right. Mm -hmm. It allows for an invitational thing. Yeah. Um, now, in some ways, that has liabilities, right? Like, we don't normally want people to know who's preaching because right. you should come to church and hear whoever, whatever pastor is preaching, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, that is difficult in other ways. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to sort out how to do that, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, Lloyd has to have more outings. We're trying to incorporate more gospel music on Sundays where Debbie isn't leading, mm-hmm. so that it's that, so that it's normal that there's there's some contemporary music, there's some hymns, and there's some gospel music, and it and it is that is normal at mm-hmm. High Point. Um, we're also trying to cultivate staff relationships and those sorts of things too. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, we're, we're, we believe that we can see um, people who, and we don't have to actually get new people to visit High Point. All we have to do is actually include with hospitality and love the people, people who are already, already visiting, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So that's a, that's an important one. Mm-hmm. The, the other two are whether or not we have sideways energy. We're like we're doing we're overlapping things. Mm-hmm. So if we've got if you've got too many ministries, all of your ministries suffer. Mm-hmm. So sh- the question is, should we focus and get actually get rid of some ministries so that other ministries can thrive? Mm-hmm. Like, could we get rid of the like, you know, soccer ministry if we had mm-hmm. one so that children's ministry could have more mm-hmm. volunteers? I don't know how far we're going to get with that, but we're going to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then the third, the fourth one is retention. Mm-hmm. Can we even measure this? Mm-hmm. Can we figure out why some people are not staying? Yeah. And if they're not staying, are they going to other gospel believing churches? And so it's not a loss for the kingdom. These aren't sheep that are getting lost. Right. We they just think somebody else is better, right. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Or are they coming here visiting and then not being not finding themselves in other gospel believing churches? Mm-hmm. And in that case, there's a real lost sheep issue yeah. there. So um, we want to try to get our handle on that and see what's going on and see if we can't make the situation better. Yeah, um, you talked about a little bit more specifically with that multiculturalism piece. Because because so, we've got um, making disciples or really leading leading people to Jesus, that mm-hmm. first step. Multiculturalism, retention, and then um, if we need to modify how many or what, how many ministries we have if, mm-hmm. if we're <clears throat> spreading, spreading too thinly over right. too many ministries. Um, are there ideas already that have been thrown out there um, other than that multiculturalism piece, like whether it has to do with that first um, leading people to Jesus, retention, um, looking at the ministries that you've heard of already or seen that we've talked about? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mike and I had like an hour long conversation about this this morning. Oh, right. Great. <laughs> um, and I, I've talked with Lloyd about it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I mean, that's going to end up in our, in our strategic meetings. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. the medicals are for and we're going to try to figure this out. Um, I'm actually not really sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I've seen pastors jump to the conclusion that if people aren't, if a lot of people aren't coming to Christ at your church, that you should like berate the congregation and tell them that, you know, revival isn't really in their heart and mm. they don't really love their neighbors. I think what's happened for most people is you just, you're around the same people every day mm-hmm. and you've either blown it with them or yeah. you've already shared Jesus with them mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get in new conversations mm-hmm. and you don't really like like going out of your way to start whole new relationships mm-hmm. and a lot of your free time you spend at church because you want your kids here or you want to come for discipleship yourself or to your small group mm-hmm. and so it's not rocket science that like we wouldn't be leading a lot of people to jesus mm-hmm. and so part of it is how do we look at the structure of our lives the way we try to interact with people spiritually um so that we can actually generate real spiritual interaction with between people so that we really can share the gospel mm-hmm. do we need to be a little less timid do we need to change our language a little bit about how we talk about it? Do we need to do something more simple like, what's going on in your life? Is it okay if I pray for you? Mm-hmm. And then the three times later, is it? I've been praying for you. Is it okay if I prayed for you right now? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of sort of ease into that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it that I'm preaching or Lloyd is preaching in such a way as people don't feel comfortable inviting non-Christian mm-hmm. friends? 
Um, or is there something we need to change? Mm-hmm. So there's there's all kinds of that sort of thing mm-hmm. that we have to look at, and that's why it's a thematic goal. Right? Mm-hmm. We're going to spend some energy this year trying to figure this out and, st- and, and not start with like, well, it's the people. They're the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. High Point has really great people mm-hmm. and people who know the gospel and the Bible well, but we're also not a people of fervent prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if um, the one of the most um, one of the most uh, white hot burning things in our hearts is our neighbors coming to faith, mm-hmm. um, and so we've got to figure that out. Yeah, um, in a way that isn't like abusive. Yeah, to people who love Jesus and go to church here, mm-hmm. but a church like ours, it's totally understandable if not a lot of people come to faith. But it's also kind of crazy that fifty or hundred people they'll get baptized here every year mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if we move in that direction, um, that's what, that's what people really do want. Mm-hmm. And if they believe that there was something they could do that might actually work, they yeah. would probably do it. Yeah. But people lose hope really fast when they get rejected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. When they fail according to the model that they've first been given mm-hmm. or if you say this and this and this, and then, then they will come to church and then they will come to know Jesus. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. It's hard to get over that hump of. Um, disappointment, I think, uh-huh. personally speaking. Yeah, and when people have done conversations with folks who did come to Jesus eventually, mm-hmm. um, they will tell you they rejected like 15 or to 25 mm-hmm. people who tried to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. Or that did, and they were just like, yeah, I don't believe that, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all those, think, think about that, all those people thought they failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until like one person, one, you know, one dolt comes along it's like <laughs> just happens to be at the right time mm-hmm. and it's like hey you want to come to my church and like mm-hmm. the person comes to jesus and everyone's like look at that evangelist <laughs> you yeah. know but that's really not how people come to faith yeah. people's worldviews kind of change and erode and reform over time mm-hmm. and sometimes you you really are different parts of witnesses to people and yet at the same time all of us should seek to invite people to decide to believe in and follow Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we got to work on it. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. No, I think. Well, I think that's fair. I think it would be scary to say these are our thematic goals, and we already have all the answers. I think. Right. I mean, hearing you say that, we, I mean, it's just going to take a lot of conversation. Um, sometimes maybe awkward conversation, where it's mm-hmm. or or difficult, or where as church leaders have to hear, like we have to hear things too that um, maybe that we aren't doing well or that. It's, it's being misunderstood. Um, I even think as we, um, I'm going to be overseeing that retention uh-huh. goal um, right. and really measuring that. It's just going to take a lot of me talking to people, asking, if you're willing to share, can you tell us why you don't go to High Point anymore? Like, those aren't going to be easy <laughs> conversations. Yeah. yeah, it was Aaron Hesse. That, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So Yeah, but like we, yeah. that's part of like, you've got to believe that it's not the gospel that lacks power. Mm-hmm. The gospel mm-hmm. is the power of God for the salvation of everybody who believes, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've got to believe that. And so part of part of what I've I've been doing over the last six years is I've tried to hire somebody in every position who can't sleep at night mm-hmm. if we don't care about what their thing. Mm-hmm. And so I know that if we're not being hospitable, like you can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. No, um, I I know one of the reasons I hired Mike was because I know that if we're not leading people to Christ, mm-hmm. he can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And I like that mm-hmm. because that means he's going to come to my office all disheveled and be like, dude, in fact, that's basically what happened this morning. He's <laughs> kind of like, you know, I have my meeting with him. He's like, so what's going on with your life, Mike? And he's like, do we want to become the kind of church that really does this? Like, can we like, do we want, and like, <laughs> I, that's why he's here, yeah. you know? And the same is true um, 
for everybody on staff, that's mm-hmm. there's something. Lloyd has a huge pastoral heart. Are we shepherding mm-hmm. people? And also for people who aren't part of the majority. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he knows what that feels like, mm-hmm. right? Um, Nicole had Nicole really believes that like worship. I mean, we need to worship mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. right? And if if we're just doing an intro to the sermon, that's not mm-hmm. what we're here to right. do. And so every, you know, in, in, in like Jill, there's like five things. And she just wants people <laughs> to know what's going on yeah. and like to be able to relate. And if it's and if we get too complicated, yeah. so people can't. She's just like ah. Mm-hmm. So part of that is you know we have we have people that love certain things about the mission so much, and they're here. And so we partly just need to get those people in the room together and talk about how, how to get there from here. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. I, I think that we will. And part of the reason why I worked hard to get Mike on staff was I wanted an evangelism gadfly here. I wanted mm-hmm. somebody who, if we weren't leading people to Jesus, but everything else is going great. Because if you look at High Point and you like look at all the stuff you can measure, mm-hmm. everything's going great. Mm-hmm. We're growing. There's plenty of money. We have great staff people. We have a nice building. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. And I want somebody to be able to walk in here and say, everything is not great mm. because this isn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so there's there's a bunch of things that that would be true of us. Prayer and spirituality within church. I'm not sure that's where mm. God wants it to be. Um, multi-ethnicity. I don't think that's where God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these things that are great, but these people can come in and say, yes, and this isn't mm. great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you can't blow me off. Right. <laughs> you so, hired me. So, yeah. Right, right. And so, and that's the same. I mean, that's why we have a missions team, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. um, as well, because, you know, we can be doing great here, but not care about the globe. Mm-hmm. And that's not great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So. Great. Well, do you have a, a final thought for us as we wrap up this thematic goal podcast? Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that people who are listening are encouraged that we, as a staff team working with the elders, actually have these goals. Mm-hmm. That we're actually trying to improve every day as a church. But my main my main thing is this. If you if you take away from this podcast, well, Nick said we're not leading enough people to faith, right? Because mm-hmm. it's very easy. You could listen to this podcast and feel that way. Yeah. Here's what I would say. Here's what you should take away. This is It's not about us feeling guilty. It's about the fact that we have the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God for salvation. The question is... In what way would God want us to believe him in the present and trust him in faith and to take an obedient and risky action so that we could experience what we're here to do? I mean, Jesus said it wasn't the harvest that that was lacking, but mm-hmm. it was the workers. It mm-hmm. was people who'd go out and take in the harvest. And so um, we, we've got to believe that that's true. And we've got to, we've got to share the gospel. And if we Go away instead of feeling feeling bad, like oh yeah, you know I haven't led anybody to Jesus mm-hmm. in a long time or ever. That's not the feeling to go away with. Mm-hmm. The feeling to go away with is if I trust God to grow in godliness and virtue, to try to walk with the Spirit every day, and to seek to grow in the mind of Christ so I can be more articulate about the truth and be ready. Um, won't Jesus use me mm-hmm. to lead people to Him? And He will. Um, and you might be one of the 17 people who get mm-hmm. rejected, yep. but you, but you, you're still moving things forward. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the main focus. The, mm-hmm. the goal is not for us to get down on ourselves. The goal is to just be more deliberate, to be more focused, to try to grow on our ability to explain things, to be open to new people coming into our lives, mm-hmm. to be ready to walk with the spirit and mm-hmm. how he's going to lead people to Jesus through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, these goals aren't something that we're going to talk about at announcements on Sunday morning. They're mm-hmm. really just more, if you're attending High Point, you know that they're going on. You can um, ask questions about it. You, we would want to hear 
um, your perspective on any of these things, whether it's the how we are leading people to Christ, um, what we're doing to be multicultural in order to learn how to better love um, others and how that um, how to understand more of who God is holistically. Um, and then even in terms of um, how our ministries look and if we are spreading ourselves too thin um, and also why people are staying or leaving, we want to hear all of your voices too. And so um, if you have a question or thought, you can um, ask any of the staff or elders. We've all talked about these goals. And so they're on our minds, um, some more than others, but that's <laughs> this is a conversation that we want to get started going forward. So um, you can go to the uh, church website, highpointchurch.org, and click the About Us link to view the staff and elders. If you want to put a face um, to the name, um, we've got elders who do the pastoral prayer Sunday morning, um, so you can always connect with them to before or after service. Um, and um, otherwise, you can also shoot an email too. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening, and have a great day.